Hi there, I'm Pastor Rod Parsley, and I sure want to thank you for listening to today's podcast. I'm the senior pastor of World Harvest Church, where we love God and love people, and I hope you'll be inspired by today's message. Now, for more great content and lots of updates, I'd love to connect with you online at rodparsley.com. But right now, let's head into today's episode. I want you to turn in your Bible uh, to a very, very, very powerful, powerful passage of Scripture in James chapter 1. James chapter 1. And I want you to kind of put your finger in there. And then we're going to go to Isaiah 45. And then we're going to go to 1 Corinthians 2. And then we're going to go to John 1. Then we're going to go to 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Then we're going to go to Romans 10. Then we're going to go to 1 Corinthians 2. And then we're going to just keep on going. Somebody shout this with me. Wisdom is the principal thing. Wisdom is the principal thing. Write this down. Being being wise as a serpent is not a bad thing. Being wise as a serpent is not a bad thing. What God, by the power of the Holy Spirit, expects us to do, you ready, is turn this thing right side up. What got turned upside down. Now we're going to start. I said we're going to turn right side up what got turned upside down. Because too many people are still being led by their head. Notice this, the spiritually dead are led by their head. So God brought me to this thing where we usually think of the adversary. You know, when we're, when we're talking about be wise as a serpent. Well, if you go back to the first references of a serpent, you go all the way back to Genesis chapter three, don't you? I said you go all the way back to Genesis three, where the Bible said that the serpent, that Satan took on the form of a serpent and he beguiled Eve with subtlety. How many of you understand the devil's not gonna knock on your door, introduce himself and politely ask for entrance into your life. He shows up with subtlety. We, we expect him to show up with great fanfare. We expect him to show up with great pomp and circumstance. He in, his inroad is one of the three aspects of wisdom that God expects us to operate in. Phronesis, Sunesis, you with me? Why aren't you writing? Do you want to operate in the wisdom of God? Okay, four people said yes. Do you desire to operate in the wisdom of God? Okay, I'm gonna try one more time. Do you 
desire to operate in the wisdom of God. Okay, I'm gonna keep trying and maybe I'll just come down there and start showing you how you've messed your life up because you don't operate in the wisdom of God. I'm your pastor, I know you. I haven't seen people since I walked in this building this evening, not when I was here all during the day, but since I walked in the building this evening, I have noted six instances of people making the wrong decision because they don't have the ability to operate in the wisdom of God. I'm convinced. I'm convinced. That's what is wrong with your business is a lack of the ability to operate the wisdom of God. Because God's wisdom doesn't make mistakes. The wisdom of God doesn't make mistakes. The reason preachers can't get to keep their families together is because they don't operate in the wisdom of God. They still operate in their head where everything got turned upside down in your Bible was in Genesis chapter three. But I got good news for you. Wisdom was here before Genesis 1-1. <laughs> And it's here now. I wish I had anybody in this building just start shouting. It's here right now. The wisdom of God is here right now. Wisdom that'll make you make the right choice. Wisdom that'll make you turn the right way. Wisdom that'll make you marry the right person. Wisdom that'll put $100,000 in your bank account instead of you losing $100,000 because of a decision you made. Wisdom, 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 wisdom. The ability to make decisions. Wisdom. Wisdom. Attention to detail, wisdom, wisdom. Come on now, I'm gonna help you. If you have to be shown, if somebody in your business has to be shown how to balance the account three times, they do not operate in the wisdom of God. They have no ability to pay attention to details. This is wisdom. This is wisdom. Here's good news. You can have it. It's right there in your Bible, in James chapter one. If any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God who gives liberally and upbraideth not. That means you have all of it you want, whenever you want it. I've had people all week long, Pastor, this has been the hardest thing. You told us to don't ask for anything this week but wisdom. If you got wisdom, 90% of what you asked for, you'd never have to ask for. because most of what you ask for is help to get out of the mess you got yourself in in the first place. Oh, this lady right here is being honest. Stand up, lady. Stand up. 
Thank you for the $300 that you put in my hand last week. I'm not embarrassing you, am I? Well, you're so dark skinned, I can't tell if you're blushing. (laughs) Me and Alan been hanging out a long time and he had a first fruit last week and he put $300 in my hand. And, And so because you were obedient and because you were a praiser and because when I said, come down here, you were one of the first ones down here. And because while everybody else is sitting there looking at me like I'm crazy and like their mouth would fall off if they said anything, because you lifted your hand and shouted, you get the Oh, you, now you clapping. So in the garden, things got turned upside down. I said, didn't they? What did I do, leave one out on you, elder? What did I give you, phronesis, sunesis? Sophia, S-O-P-H-I-A, Sophia. Sophia, get them down. There they are. Phronesis, Sunesis, Sophia. The three different aspects of the wisdom of God. I had this 1991. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. hallelujah. We, here's what I wrote. We are in a war. To survive, we must be strong. Yes. Yes. But to win, we got to be wise. To survive, we have to be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. But to win at this thing, We gotta wise up. Shove your neighbor on the shoulder and say, wise up, baby. Come on, wise up. Wise up. Wise up. Be at least as wise as the devil. Watch this. Who has no access to the wisdom of God that you have perfect access to. Satan can neither know nor operate in the wisdom of God. He's not as smart as you think. He came with subtlety and he beguiled Eve and he said what to her? Hath God said, hath God said. Same thing he says to you all the time. Hath God said, hath God said, hath God said, hath God said. You're gonna be the head and not the tail, the first and not the last. Hath God said. You're gonna be above only, you're not gonna be beneath. Hath God said. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph, hath God said. Lift up holy hands without doubt or wrath, without wrath or doubting, hath God said. I will bless you coming in and bless you going out, hath God said. I'll bless your children and your children's children. A wise man doesn't run around scratching around to eke out some meager living. A wise man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. 
hath God said? God created man in the Garden of Eden from the dust of the ground, which represents his what? I have been teaching you for 36 years God created man of the dust of the ground. That was his body. God breathed into man's nostrils the breath of life. Yes? And God's breath created man's what? Spirit. And then man became a living so God created man of the dust of the ground. What was that? Thank you. God breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and that was man's spirit. And, God, and, and he became a what? A living soul. And the soul is comprised of how many compartments? Three. Because God is a father. Come on, I'll lead you. God is a father and a, and a Holy Spirit. And there was an outer court and an inner court and there was a holy of holies and there was Gabriel and there was Lucifer and there was Michael because what God does he does in threes when he created a man he created that man how in his image right Imagio Dei, Genesis 1, 26 and 27. So he made a man in his image. So if God was three parts and he made that man in his image, then how many parts would the man be? Three. three. Isn't it interesting that there are three phases to the wisdom of God? And each one of the three phases of the wisdom of God corresponds directly to one of those triune parts of mankind. One of them deals with your spirit. One of them deals with your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions. And the other one deals with your body. So there's wisdom for your body. <sighs> there's wisdom for your mind. There's wisdom for your spirit. And the spirit of a man shall sustain all of his infirmity. So wherever you are feeling infirm, whether you, wherever you are feeling weak, whether you are feeling dissatisfied, wherever you are feeling disconnected, wherever you are feeling discouraged, wherever you are feeling disheartened, God says to you, hold on, we're gonna turn this thing right side up again. Hey God, hallelujah, hallelujah. Now here's how it got turned upside down. It got turned upside down because man ate of the tree of, thank you, knowledge, didn't he? Of a specific knowledge, the knowledge of good and evil, the ability to know good from evil. 
didn't he? That's the tree that he ate of. And at that moment, his promise was procured. A knowledge came flooding into Adam of everything good. Yes? And at the same time, every evil, atrocity, abomination, sin, death, discouragement became known to him. Here's the problem. He did not procure the ability to distinguish between good and evil. He just gained the knowledge of it. And from that moment until this, the warfare has been humanity trying to distinguish between good and evil. The problem is he attempts to do it with what became the control party of his triune being, which had been his spirit, which came directly from God. Now the spirit went to the back of the line. The soul got elevated to position number one. The body got elevated from position three to position two. Now you have lording over the spirit, the mind, and the body. Why am I having you pray in other tongues? You think I'm just doing it because I'm trying to hype something up? Do you think I told you, pray 15 minutes in the spirit every morning. Pray 15 minutes in the Holy Ghost every evening. Come down here, pray in the Holy Ghost for three minutes. Why? Trying to train you where wisdom comes from. Wisdom is not knowledge. Knowledge will kill you. Knowledge will destroy you. Knowledge will weaken you, wreck you, cripple you. If it is not lorded over by wisdom. My daddy used to say it this way. Boy, I miss Boy, I miss him. Preacher called me the other day, Sunday. His daddy died, went to heaven a month before mine did. A month before mine did. This was Sunday. He called me Sunday. Said, I want you to pray for me because I'm gonna be in the pulpit for the first time since my dad passed. You know how many pulpits I've been in? 
since my daddy passed? 32. So if I'm a little bit impatient, just forgive me. I'm not going and sitting down. I'm coming to feed you. Where was I? Oh, my daddy. <laughs> my daddy. My daddy's Southern, you know. My daddy. First time I preached this sermon was Father's Day in the year 2000. And in the middle of it, I start having everybody bless my daddy. My daddy used to say, now please understand, Joni and I, we believe strongly and firmly. Listen to what I'm saying, not what you think I'm saying. Because that's where you get messed up again. You listen with your spirit ears, you listen with your natural ears, and then I say a thing and you totally misinterpret it. Education is one of the two ways that God told me we would rescue a generation, restore a nation, revitalize a civilization. So I'm not anti-education. I wouldn't have been here last night drilling those Harvest Preparatory School parents. Amen. I wouldn't have a college if I was anti-education. But now listen to this. My dad would say, you know, seems to me like, and he had a cousin-in-law. It was a very, very educated person. I believe he had three earned PhDs. He was the president of a major university. And he was a very intellectual man. And he spent his life trying to figure out how Noah got to animals in the ark. Because if he could figure it out, he felt like he would have evidence enough to make Jesus the Lord of his life. Now, wait a minute. Now, that's extreme. But what you don't understand is we operate that way all day long. Say it again. The spiritually dead are led by their head. And my dad would say they have so much education that they have become an educated idiot. Now I'm gonna slip this in on you, smile at me. I'm gonna slip this in on you. We got a whole lot of spiritually educated idiots. What does that mean? It means people that get Bible knowledge on Bible knowledge on Bible knowledge on Bible knowledge on Bible knowledge. They come to service after service, but nothing changes. They don't change their behavior. They don't change their attitude. Nothing in their finances changes. Their businesses don't change. Nothing changes because all they're getting is knowledge. And knowledge is not what we're after. What we're after is the wisdom of God and the Wisdom of God does not come through your head. If all you do is get knowledge, what you'll start doing is calling evil good and good evil. Oh, I don't know. I said calling evil good and good evil. You'll become a part of a culture 
that preserves the whale and whooping crane and murders and abuses his own children. You'll become a part of a culture that argues about when life begins. You'll become a part of a culture that is so need-based and entitlement-minded that you will think having your hand stuck out for somebody to put something in it is a blessing when God calls it a curse. Break it down, she said, I'll break it down. So what happened here? Our spirit that came directly from God went all the way down here, controlled by our mind. You, you, I, I asked somebody today, you gonna come to church tonight? I don't know, I'm feeling awful bad. Okay, you're too sick to come to healing school. Don't look around at somebody else. It's you last week. Come on, folk. Now, here's good news. John chapter three. Nicodemus came to Jesus by night. Good master, what must I do to get my fine self turned right side up again? Jesus said, you must be born again. Nicodemus said, whoa, doggy. How am I gonna be born again? Am I supposed to crawl back in my mother's womb? See, he's figuring it out. He's figuring it out, Pastor. And this is what Christians do. I'm I'm gonna stir you up right now. Mike, if you can figure it out, it's not God. If you can fix it, faith is not required. (laughs) It's good stuff. Say, I'm gonna win, because I'm gonna get wisdom. I'm not just gonna survive. I'm not gonna just survive. I'm not gonna just fight. I'm gonna win. I'm gonna get wisdom. God said, with all you're getting, get wisdom. Get all the knowledge you can. Get all the information you can. And then set it there on the shelf. And then move in on wisdom. And wisdom will tell you how to use that knowledge. Well, I looked at my financial situation. And here's how I figured out. I'm going to fix this. How's that working out for you? Some of y'all been working your system for 40 years and look where you are. Why don't you move in subtly on the wisdom of God? It was Jesus who said over in the New Testament, be wise as a serpent. 
you think he's talking about? What serpent do you think he's talking about? He's calling all the way back to Genesis chapter 3. And he's saying, watch what that subtle snake did to Eve and learn a lesson. Be wise as a serpent. Hallelujah. Oh man, I got some. Matthew 10, Jesus said, Jesus understood during his earthly ministry, he understood the necessity, the absolute necessity of wisdom. The absolute necessity of wisdom. Here's what he said. In in fact, Jesus made it a prerequisite and basic requirement for every believer. For every believer. Shout, that's me. All right, here's what he said in Matthew 10, 16. Lo, Jesus said, I am sending you out like sheep in the midst of wolves. Be wary. Be wise as serpents and innocent, guiltless, without falsity as doves. And you will be brought before governors and kings for my sake, for a witness to bear testimony before them to the Gentiles. But when they deliver you up, do not be anxious, do not be nervous about how or what you are to speak. Why not? For what you are to say will be given you in that very hour by the Holy Spirit. I'm going to cut through a whole lot of stuff because I, I do want to give you one this to chew on before you go home. Are you in James chapter 1? Okay, well, I'm not. But, but I'll get there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, James chapter 1. Watch now. James, the servant of God, verse 1, of the Lord Jesus Christ, the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad, greetings. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into different temptations. Please note, he is not talking about temptations of sin. That's not what he's talking about. He's not talking about temptations which you nurse by your behavior and then end up sinning. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about temptation to quit, temptation to give up, temptation to not move the kingdom forward. Because if you look, he, he plainly tells you that if any man is tempted, let him not say he's tempted, that God tempts any man with evil. For God tempts no man with evil. That's not what he's talking about. 
Get that in your mind. So then he says, my brethren, count it all joy. When you fall into diverse temptations. Now, do you know what the world says to you when you're falling into temptation? Let let me use another word. When you're in a struggle, when you're in a battle, when things aren't going right for you, what the world says to you is, take it easy. Now just, now settle down, just just breathe. That's what the world says to you. But that's not what God says. God says, become proactive. Get some joy. No, 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 get some, get some joy. He said, I will give you the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, the garment of praise. I will give you, watch me, the cover of celebration for the spirit of weariness. Oh my God. I will give you the spirit of celebration to cover you. Touch your neighbor and say, cover me. Cover me. I'm going in. I'm going to get my praise on. And my praise is going to cover me. Your praise, your shout, your dance. I'm not going to sit by and let us become part of that user-friendly bunch that sits around with dim lights so nobody can see anybody and slinks around with a cappuccino and people lay down on the floor during worship service to get comfortable. I don't want us to get comfortable. I want a cover over us. I want a celebration over us. I'm gonna keep doing it till somebody starts doing it. so much watch this now knowing that the trying of your faith produces patience then look what he says let allow give way to patience patience 
You, you calculate patience as sitting waiting. He told you what you're supposed to be patient in. He told you don't grow weary in well-doing. He said, don't get weak. Don't let your shout dwindle. Don't let your joy dissipate. Be patient. Keep on shouting. you're shouting, as you're clapping, as you're waving, as you're speaking, as you're rejoicing, you are exercising patience. This is not patience. This is patience. two reasons to shout because we just got delivered from a battle or we're right in the middle of one I don't know I think we need some wind some wisdom Wednesday nights that you may become complete nothing broken nothing missing Now let's move in on it. If any of you lack wisdom, shout now. No, don't shout the word now. I mean shout at this moment. No, if you lack wisdom, let me put it another way. If you'd like to enter into God's wisdom, shout now. somebody next to you and say, why are you shouting? Because I'm being patient and filled with wisdom. All right. If you want wisdom, then your Bible says, let, now watch how faith gets involved. Let him ask God, who might, if you go to the right church and hold your head just right, who gives to all men, shout the next word, I can't do it. Shout it again. Is that just a little dabble, do you? Is that too much? Overflow? 
Is that double for your trouble? Liberally, 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 liberally. Shout because you don't serve an almost halfway wish I could have, should have gone. Glory. for more wisdom. But again, here it is again. Ask in faith. Nothing wavering. Verse 8, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. I'm going to give you a whole wisdom Wednesday night on don't be double-minded. Shout because in a few weeks double-mindedness is going to leave you. Singleness of vision, purpose, direction, intention. Oh, glory to God. Let me have patience. Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, I want to invite you to tell someone in your life about the podcast. Hope you'll do it today. Head on over to iTunes and leave a review. Share it on your social networks for me. Really helps me get the word out. I'd love for you to connect with me on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. No easier way for me to minister to you every day and throughout the day and for us to join together in faith as God moves in and through your life. You can find links to all my pages at rodparsley.com. God bless you now, and I hope you'll listen again soon.